We're continuing with uh, work sucks. Our whole season on how work sucks. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> we are. Uh, God, why do we have to do it? We are. Uh, we're talking about uh, a movie called "Sorry We Missed You," guys. We, we're, we've gone. We're going international here. We're going across <laughs> the big pond, like the yeah. What, what's what's all this then? <laughs> yeah. Despite you, Brexit, we were still able to stream this film. We were. Uh, but we're gonna. This is gonna touch on the gig economy. We'll obviously talk about the movie. We'll talk about the the director Ken Loach. Um, the the. I think Joe's gonna have a lot to say. But the true cost of your uh, your little treat delivery, your little your little things you want to get delivered. Which, by the way, I get a lot of things delivered. So. Um, well, it isn't in inha- like necessarily bad. Well, but we'll get into yes, it. Yes. Yep. And then you know we'll end the season. Sorry. We will end the uh, the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's too much work. We're yeah, done. We're three done. episodes was enough. We have to get uh, to with, our gig economy jobs. We're on. With our <laughs> with our with our, our work sucks stories. Work sucks. Shh. I know. Listeners, welcome. We are uh, here talking about the movie Sorry We Missed You. I'm your co-host, Rob, joined as always by my, um, gosh, I don't know, uh, uh, truck driving friends, Joe and Duff. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we love We're trucks. well known for our trucks. All right, I'm opening up an English ale right now. I have one episode. of those coal runners to spite Obama. Remember those? You know, I was just thinking, I know I'm the rural boy, you know, I'm the hayseed in the group mm-hmm. you know, i don't think i don't know if i'm trying to think of when i last drove a truck oh, and then wow. i'm trying to wonder if i've actually driven a truck like a pickup I, just a pickup truck yeah oh i've i've done that my fair share i guess but i've I, never driven a pickup truck i guess i ha- like once when i was helping a friend move like i just drove it around the block but i don't think that counts i mean it counts counts it's it's like the these like you remember in the 90s and maybe like 2000s like having a big ass suv was like a status symbol i think it's still yeah, is, now it's a pickup truck now now it's oh, having yeah. a ford 250 even though you work at an office got it yeah yeah it's it's having a pickup so big you can't go into parking structures like that's how you know you made it <laughs> you got to put those balls on the back of them you need truck nuts and then you need the calvin peeing on ford yes. or chevy Absolutely. Um, okay, we're gonna talk about story we missed you, which um, this I'm... is easily the most depressing movie we've oh, ever talked about. Man, this oh, movie's boy. a bummer. Yes, <laughs> absolute bummer. Like just, just mo- like uh, from the first line of dialogue, like, oh man, no jokes in this movie. Uh, so I didn't know what this was beforehand, so I-, I feel like we should explain to our listeners what this movie is, um, so they know. Uh, although many people are smarter than I am. Uh, Sorry We Missed You only came out a few years ago. This is like shortly before the pandemic hit. 2019, uh, yeah. 2019. Um, so I'm is... sure everyone in this movie just did even better uh, going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus, yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about it. It's directed by Ken Loach, and uh, and he is a, a, a British filmmaker of, um, I mean – prolific and important tell us what it's about 
Uh, okay, so this uh, this is a uh, a British film, as I mentioned. It is about this man named Ricky, and he uh, he and I we gotta maybe get into the details of this later. But he he gets hired to drive a truck out of a depot, but he is like a he's essentially a contractor, independent contractor, so he doesn't have to get benefits. Right. It, it, it is. It is almost exactly like I, I like Amazon was doing, where they were having uh, independent contractors m- make all their deliveries. So, like, if you've ever seen like a white van unmarked driving around your neighborhood with just packages all over the dashboard, and someone who looks like they've been pissing in a bottle all day, that's exactly who this guy is. Right. And, and he, now, uh, now, at least in Milwaukee, there's a lot more just Amazon branded vans. So I don't know if they've gone. Oh, I, more... I see the Amazon vans all the time. But yeah, I see the Amazon vans. I didn't know if that's different. Um, I, I I would assume. I, I guess I shouldn't assume that they're employees of Amazon. They might be the. They might be. The same. Well, basically, this guy he's an independent contractor doing deliveries. Yeah. And he's he's not an employee of the company. He's basically has his own LLC. A one-man company, right, driving exclusively for this country. Yeah, this and, company. Yeah, and so uh, to do this, he has to buy a truck. So they they sell the family car, and he buys his car, buys his truck, and he starts Bam. driving it around. Well, it doesn't go well. Um, actually, to be fair, to be fair, it does go well for him at the beginning. He does do well in the job. Like, well, for- he's okay. I wouldn't. It depends on how you define doing well. Like well, he's good. Yeah. He he's, he's good a, well. I guess to give the background, the reason he's doing this is because he worked construction, and then after the the financial meltdown in two thousand eight, he couldn't yep. get work in construction anymore. It's not explicitly stated when this movie is set. Yeah, because no. all his jobs are labor intensive jobs. So it seems like it's a few, maybe a few years after the the recession. That's what and I would. He's guess. bounced Have, around to different jobs. Just trying to find work, and he and he thinks that this is his ticket. They all have smartphones, so it must be at least like two thousand seven or eight. I mean, well, at the it's ver- after two thousand eight because yeah, yeah. after. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would guess it's I'm probably two thousand ten, two thousand. I'm just saying, like for them to have all for all of them to have uh, smartphones, it must be like at like a few years after those came out. So I somewhere in the mid teens, I would say. It doesn't matter though. It doesn't matter, you know. Um. So. He's doing that job. It is incredibly stressful. Um, all the while he's doing uh, that. I will his... mention, uh, you are incorrect. He didn't have to buy a truck, Rob. He yeah, could have he used also the could have rented one from them for sixty-five pound a day. Yeah, let me he tell could you. It, uh, this company. I mean, it's basically like uh, after the Civil War, and uh, you know, landlords hired sharecroppers. Be like, well, you need some tools, huh? Well, you can buy our tools. But they're you know three, what actually they're three times as much. I know. I know. We talked about this like being some of the gig economy. It actually, weirdly enough, reminds me of how like Yellow Cab functions in New York City, right? Where you pay to use that car, uh, and that is your responsibility when you have that car. They usually don't taxi cab drivers pay like one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars every shift uh, for their I, car, and then they get whatever the difference. I don't. I mean, that sounds right to me. I know right. that that's... There's a depot that you go to. You have a boss. That's you know I mean? how it is for, uh, like, hairstylists. Like, they pay the owner of the shop to have a chair there. Yeah. And that they give a certain percentage of their money. Yep. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, that's actually another similar thing. Yeah, it's it's it. it, it I actually feel like it's less gig economy and more like. Uh, I mean, on its this... face, that isn't a corrupt practice. Like there, there are a lot of like I said, like you know, hairstylists come to mind. Uh, uh, they're they're like a famously exploited. Um, right working class uh, class of workers yeah. as well uh, yeah so I, I don't know that i would use that as an example of why this is okay no i, I think I it's th- bad i think that this is like what's different here is that this is firmly rooted in sort of 21st century e-commerce that's necessitating like this sure. volume of delivery drive that's a good point yep and and like the way that that the boss pitches it to him in that interview is is he run it's finally giving him the independence of basically being a business owner yeah which is a way obviously just a, a lie for 99 percent of the people who are doing it right and, and but a a, a, a low-key uh message in this movie is don't have terrible friends that convince you to do terrible things because he's got a friend early on who's like oh yeah you should do this it's great and it's like I don't think that you should have listened to that friend, buddy. Yeah, like it it can be basically. Uh, well, this the, basically the situation he puts himself in is is he. I understand it, but he he decides to buy his own van instead mm-hmm. of paying sixty five pounds a day. Listen to his friend I, buys the like a big van too. Yeah, and and then you get a his lot. Friend says he'll get he'll be able kidnap to kidnap a lot of people in that van. Yes, yeah, a lot of size fourteen girls, uh, <laughs> and he can. Um, eventually, like, make enough money because he'll be able to do better routes with this bigger van to then eventually hire someone else to drive for him. And then he could have two vans going and eventually, you know, stop driving altogether and just have people driving for him. And then he takes a cut of it. Right. Now, the issue there is, like, first of all, you're going to have to work. Uh, he's working, what, 14 hours a day, six days a week. Yeah. So you're working over 80 hours a week. And nothing can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So that and that and of course uh, in this movie everything goes wrong. And um, and but but that what's I loved about this movie was it's it didn't feel cheap. Everything that goes wrong felt totally organic, totally like something that could happen. Like it, it wasn't like like a uh, Lars von Trier movie where it's just like it's it's ninety minutes of just watching the director put his characters through absolute torture. Everything that that happens to him and his family seems totally reasonable to me. I mean, yeah. everything everything that happens does happen. I feel like, to me, like a lot of this, kind of, it was like lower grade misery porn, but it just kind of telegraphed. It was, it was softcore misery porn. I'll say that. Jesus. Uh, it like everything was telegraphed really far in advance. Like you could be like, oh, okay, now this. I mean, we're get, I don't we're getting ahead of ourselves with the plot, but I we, I mean I don't think we have to go through details. Just like everything that awful could happen, and because of the situation he's in, that all falls on him. And the worst thing that happens is, um, his I mean, two, the two big things that happen is his son, his teenage son, is having issues at school, and so there's issues with that that are creating tensions in the household, along with everything else that's going on, and also creating moments where someone can't be working to like deal with their child and then the other thing that the, the real big thing is he um he's while he's making deliveries he essentially gets like beat up and robbed and uh he essentially learns that 
that's all on him to pay for. Like that there was like there was passports in there, so he's got to pay for that. They broke his scanner, which is what's used to like, uh, you know, determine how his job's doing, and that's like a thousand pounds or some crazy amount, and all that stuff he is liable to pay for, um, and uh, you know, just keeps putting him more and more in the hole, which. He already started out when he bought the truck, and now he's trying to, like, dig out of that. And then I, I do think the ending of this movie works really well, which is his family is like, you can't be going to work. He's all beat up. He 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 left the hospital. He didn't even, he didn't even like, uh, get treated at the hospital because, you know, just because of various things that occurred. Couldn't, and the couldn't stress miss of it work. All. And he just, like, ends up getting in the car his, his, his like – eye is swelled shut and his family's like begging him not to go and he gets in the car and it drives off to work and uh that's kind of the end of the movie but uh i think that works really well too like just he's like well you just got to keep got to keep going because otherwise uh with this job he has like if he if he's not there he gets fined is it 150 pounds like you get fined yeah. essentially for not being at work and it's on you to find another driver which is also like insane um it, 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 it's that's the point that's the, like that's i get that it's like telegraph like obviously if things are wrong but that's the point of it is that there there is no safety net there is no, no like it, it is almost an inevitability that this will happen like the very nature of this sort of economic system and in this kind of work is that unless you are just unbelievably lucky, this will happen to everyone. Right, right. There is no safety net. I will they, say the thing that I would like to see in this, this movie, and some of the movies about it, but like his wife, in my mind, has a way harder job, and and everything gets put. Like I, we we talked about nine to five as our last movie, and I feel like when we talk about like how inequitable things are between men and women, this is like this movie made that shine through as well because he made her give up her car she doesn't because, have a car because his dumbass friend convinced him to buy this van so now yeah, she's but- bussing everywhere to do this nurse job which is like i mean she's a, a caretaker she's like helping people who are elderly she's helping people who are uh invalid she's helping people who are handicapped and yeah, she's like she's, bussing to them all in the u.s i think it's usually called like a, a personal or a home care attendant Right, and and the other thing is like there's a stress of their son, which I've like, uh, due to my family, I know a lot about another criminally under oh uh, underpaid industry, not quite as exploitative, but sometimes. <laughs> so she's working fourteen hours a day, and the thing I think that's kind of like understated in this movie, or maybe undercommented on, or maybe it's you know, I mean, I I, I thought of it, so maybe it's already there, but like, you know, uh, there's a big stress where he's like, I can't miss work. I, I can't go to these things for our son. I can't do it. Neither can she, but she does it. Like, she's at all the stuff for him. She's the one who's leaving messages for their younger daughter, being like, I left out your food. I, I found care for you whenever there's stuff. Like, as stressful as his job is, sh- she's working as many hours without a vehicle and doing all the home care and doing all the, like, parenting and she's going like she's going back to check on her patients because they're not doing well because it's like people who can't get to the bathroom by themselves or it's someone who just is having a bad you know it's someone with a right. a disability of some type is like oh I just want to sleep just like, so right. like and there's one point where finally she does like after like taking you know all of his whinging on it like does kind of blow up to be like what about me I don't even have a car anymore 
And uh, it does, like, a lot of that stuff, as awful as it is for him, falls on her without, like, much thought, I feel like, on his part for, like, yeah, what but, that's but doing I, to her. I don't – I didn't think that the movie didn't put thought into it. I, I think that, like, the point of view of, like, the film of the director is, like, look at how it tears this family apart. I, I don't think the point of the film was look at how it tears him apart. No, I get, he I, gets more screen time. That's my but, point. I just think that's interesting. That like, I feel like I would rather see the movie with her as the main yeah, character. I saw critics say that, but I I thought she got a fair amount of screen time. And and I think that the point of the movie is that jobs like this, like it it beckons people into thinking like this is the key to my family escaping like this cycle of poverty. That if I can work hard enough. I can save my wife and my kids from this because I can create basically my own little business, but it's going to be six months of just pure ins- insanely hard work, like in, in, in a human level of hours and, and, and work out there uh, for, for not that much money initially because it, you're immediately put into so much debt. And then like the film just sort of slowly just shows how all those cracks in the foundation get bigger and bigger and bigger until it all falls apart. Like I, I I don't, I didn't come out of the movie thinking that um, like this poor guy, I I thought pretty steadily throughout the entire film. It did. It did a fairly good job of being like this poor family. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll agree with that. uh, With the exception of Seb, I wanted to punch Seb in the face. I know that he's a teenager. uh, Yeah. Little, are dumb, man. little too late coming around there, sub. <laughs> but that's a very, yeah. but but that's a very teenage thing to do, like to be selfish and self-absorbed. I and... mean, there's selfish and self-absorbed, but it just seems like at a certain point, like he just kind of like delights in ma- emasculating and putting his father down. Like to me, the sub character felt it felt more of like he was a stand-in for like he felt like a device like seb didn't feel authentic to me the the other the daughter did uh yeah the daughter yeah i uh the daughter thankfully is like the one is like there's like uh there's a there's a world where that daughter can get out of this world right like she's very bright um yeah she's very smart I don't, Jeez. and I don't hate Seb because he does dumb things. Like teenagers do dumb things. I just, I feel like it crosses a line where, uh, to an extent, Seb is there just to create conflict for the story. For he's just an age, almost an agent of chaos at a point to me. But, but that's, I don't know. I, I feel like a sixteen or seventeen year old kid whose parents are never around. That felt accurate to me. Like he has some contempt for his father because he thinks his dad's a loser, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the wisdom and experience of age to to realize like it's not his dad's fault. The um, thing is, though, that by the end of the movie, he does kind of turn, and I feel like if you're gonna have Seb be a jerk, have Seb be a jerk, and but like but that's, I that but that is being a teenager. It's like being super super selfish until like real life like it's just thrust into your face which in this case is his dad getting his ass beat <laughs> and he just, that that snaps him out and makes him realize like 
exactly what his dad's going through every single day. I, I don't know. Like I, 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 I think you're uh, maybe underestimating just how like selfish and emotional like teenage boys can be. I mean, I, I'm not like, like married to this take, but I, yeah. I I agree with you. It like goes right up to that line. Seb, For me, I didn't think Seb it didn't, it, but I get it. Seb felt a little like, like I said, to me, like Seb feels like, uh, and I forget, did Ken Loach write this? Uh, no, he, no. The writer he works, he with, works with a lot. But okay. yeah. To me, it just kind of felt like, you know, uh, a live grenade for, and just an agent of chaos at times. But I will say the one thing that, that makes Seb make sense is to me, like we compare the, um, the main, the main character, Ricky to his wife, Abby. And like, Abby has no delusions of grandeur, right? Like she knows it sucks. She knows she's got to work hard. She knows it's a grind. And she's just like, this is what I need to do for my family and I'm going to do it. Whereas Ricky is more like, I'm going, I am going, I'm going to, I'm going to find the way, like this is how he gets like tricked essentially. And and is what Joe's point is to be like, Oh, I'm in my own small business. Now I've got my own truck. I'm going to be rich. And then I'll have people working underneath me. Like essentially takes that risk that results in things being even worse. Um, So he's not all all Abby wants is her car. And she has oh. that, and she has that taken from her. It, it, because it to, it go... because you know, to, I mean, not as much in the UK, but certainly in the UK, and and way in more US. in America. Like if you, I mean, if you don't have a car and you work these type of jobs, it just sucks. It is. Uh, I mean, she's. I doing mean, it's like... it's sucky enough with a car at times, but right, yeah. But to be, you know, to rely on public transportation. That's yeah, that's awful, especially for a job like a personal care attendant where, you know, supposedly it's by the clock, but it never is. It depends on, you know, you're dealing with people. Yeah. Who are in need a lot. Uh, Yeah. But my point is the most vulnerable people. But 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 they're had he not done this, they were already like on a path to bankruptcy. They they were already unable to pay their bills and stuff. Uh, So it. I'm not saying like, I'm not. I'm not saying I, that he I was guess wrong. My point is that like I don't. I'm. I'm n- saying none of this like, is deserved. Is what. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I don't say, think any of this is deserved. I don't blame him. Like kind of what we we're saying, or you were saying. I don't blame the choices they make. It's more just like you get upset at the circumstances and the systems that put them in these situations. Yeah, they they couldn't win. There's no way to yeah. win. Like and, just and 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 there's people out there that profit from people being in this position like his boss at the depot like yeah. he needs families like that that's the yeah. only way that his business model works is if there's enough people who are desperate enough to take these jobs and then yep. he just churns through them like that yep. scene where he takes the better route from that guy who the only reason he can't do his route is because someone clipped his side view mirror off and he asks for two hours to go get a fix, and the boss won't give it to him because he knows all of these guys are replaceable, and yeah. he just needs them all to stick around long enough until someone else comes along. And then if someone can't perform, then he just cuts them loose and brings in the next person. And also, it, he talks about the only thing that matters are the numbers. It's not the yeah, people. Yeah, it also uh, reminded me of uh, college sports a lot. <laughs> and I mean, pro sports too, but especially college sports. 
That's just, that's fair. Yeah. Just Jesus. this whole idea just, you got hurt. That, oh, sorry. Yeah, this whole idea that all we need is your strength or you know whatever. It's like oh you blew out your knee. Oh, we'll find someone else. Yeah, yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's straight like nineteenth century uh, point of view on labor. Like we haven't gone got any farther because like this we've completely sort of especially in England and the United States just completely disintegrated for the most part like unions to the point where so many sectors are ununionized that these people can come in and just easily get exploited and overworked like this. My, I guess my only point I was saying at the beginning is like this movie also to me works to be like as bad as things are for the guy. It's 30 to 50% worse for the woman in the relationship almost all the time when these situations are occurring. Cause everything, everything that's not work falls on her. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um, she she keeps up the home. I mean, like she's calling and telling her daughter, leaving messages like "I have your lunch ready for she's you." She's making meals. She's, she's the one setting who up shows all the up care, the friends that like that that she's going to, and like all that stuff. She's yeah. aware of where the kids are at all times. Yeah, and I yeah I, I I I don't really view this film as like about a guy who's just destroyed by this sort of 21st, 21st century labor model. It's, it's about a family that's destroyed. I, I thought all four members of the family, like were given, no, I'm not saying like equal screen time, but were given opportunities to develop. Yeah. And, and they all felt real. And they all felt like, I felt like I knew them when the movie was over. And I like the family stuff in this movie more than I like the work stuff in this movie scene wise. Like I like, I like seeing her, uh, her world and them at home more than I like thought it was super useful to see him just interact with different people as he's delivering packages, like the argument about the soccer team and all that. Like I felt like it just kind of made Ricky seem like, I don't know. Do all his packages <laughs> require signatures or were they just highlighting those? Uh, some of them. I mean, I think it's like real life, like where some things do and some things don't. Right. I, I thought all those scenes of him interacting with, with people taking parcels was uh, just to establish that he was still like a person with pride and, and a person with a personality. Like he, while he's in this job where he's being exploited, like he has these opportunities where people pick on him and he's not willing to do it. Like he's not willing to put up with it. Sure. I thought, I thought it humanized him. Like the soccer scene was just like uh, about like, I don't think the movie works if he's just like a put upon wimp all the time. Like this is a man who values hard work. He's not lazy at all. He's a man with pride. Uh, who uh, he's a man with self respect, and and you have to have a character like this for this movie to work, because if he it isn't a man with pride, isn't a man with self respect, then it's easy for like an unsympathetic audience to just be like, well, he's in this situation because he's weak. But at no point in this movie does he look weak or lacking in pride or self-respect or anything like that. It's just, what else is he supposed to do? So I think that's was I, I get why you'd say those scenes don't work. I, I get it, but I think that's I'm just I think that's why they're in there. I mean, absolutely don't work. I just mean like that's like I enjoy the other stuff a lot more. I feel like this. I I don't I don't think we're I don't think we're in much disagreement. I just think this works better as what's happening in the home. Than when the necessarily like the 
the scenes outside the home. I, yeah, even though those are important to like, you know, create. Yeah, that pressure, the, like what scary. happens in the home doesn't make sense if we don't see what the parents are going through outside the home. And I just want to and shout out that uh, the woman who plays Abby, who like is just a complete unknown. Yeah, I thought She's she was great. incredible. I, I thought all the performances Debbie Honeywood. were great, but she she was really really good. I yeah. keep thinking her name is Debbie Hollywood, but yeah, it's Debbie Honeywood. <laughs> yeah, she was. I mean, I, I I didn't. I wasn't until after the movie that I was reading about it. And I was like, she's just an unknown. Yeah. Hey, like, mo- aren't crazy. they all kind of unknowns? Because that's uh, by design. I th- yeah, I guess I guess they probably. I mean, there's are. no there's no stars in this movie, even like minor grade stars. Right? No, there isn't. Um. All right. So the thing I want to. Uh, to point out is this um this is you know I, I like to watch movies i like to watch uh i like to I, I like to enjoy cinema this is a pretty big blind spot for me and that would be um and the way i was like i learned about it initially was like this idea of like uh these kitchen sink movies yeah this is uh, this is like a uh, this is i believe the first one I've ever seen. So I have never seen a Ken Loach movie before this. Um, the other like big filmmaker on this would be, uh, is it Mike Lee? Yeah. Well, I think Duff, before we watched this a few months ago, I'd asked you if you've ever seen any of his movies. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not super familiar with either of them. I'm not very familiar with uh, like mid century, like with British cinema. No, well, me neither. Like me neither. I, I mean, I know like probably like, the david lean era stuff in like the 50s and like the right. 40s and 50s but uh there's the kitchen sink movement and there's also the un- angry young man movement i think those are i think those are essentially the same those are both part of like that british yeah. realism uh, that was occurring the big one i've seen from that is uh the movie if with malcolm mcdowell which was kind of his big break and how he got cast in clockwork orange okay. uh that one's about a school shooting topical Neat. Uh, like the ones I've seen, listen, I haven't seen it. I don't know if you guys have either. Like I said, this is like a pretty big blind spot. Is like look, ba- uh, look back in anger, uh, uh, room at the top, um, uh, uh, got a what's the other one I was thinking of? The one about the the guy who's like a rugby player or what? The Sporting Life is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this and, is a a blind spot for me as well. Uh, and so what I was I, I was re like looking back at it and the one thing i thought that was interesting is like i was like thinking like why why in like the 50s and 60s um are we having these movies come out like late 50s early 60s or late 50s to the 60s are we having these movies come out and kind of be big obviously like post-war is part of it but the other thing i thought was interesting is because uh you know in the 60s if you had money if you were upper class you would have uh, a tv so a lot of uh, working class people would go to the cinema still quite a bit, and that's where a lot of these um, were played at and, and popular for working class during the 60s because uh, if you had money, you just stayed home and watched on your TV. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, yeah, plus, you so have the, plus you have just the new waves popping up all around the world. So, Right, like, yeah, and this is like this is the European new wave I don't know much. Like Obviously, you can also, and I think we're, we're going to talk about it, but like uh, – the, there's Italian neorealism, uh, you know, with like bicycle thieves, and then you've got this happening, these like kitchen sink dramas, and then you have um, the British, I mean, the uh, French New Wave as well happening, 
uh, as well. All that is within like 30 years of each other. I don't know. I just this is the one like this is not the one. This is like a a, a European like wave and genre of films that I do not know much about at all. So this was my. It's weird to watch one that's only a few years old. But Ken Loach has been doing this for like I don't know yeah. how long. Joe. I mean, he's yeah. what 80, 82 when he directed this. He's been doing was. this since the late sixties, I think. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so that so th- so, I, but I'm 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 guessing the general themes of this and the general like the how it's sort of this realistic. Natural well, I mean, you mentioned this. bicycle thieves, like if right in terms of thematics like this is no different from bicycle thieves it is just someone and and bicycle thieves for anyone who doesn't know transportation's important it's about uh, a man and his son and he's a a bicycle courier i believe he he needs it to go hang up posters and advertisements yeah and but his bike is stolen and you know and if you're of a certain social status you're like oh that's not a big deal but if you're poor and that you know and that's your your lifeline to employment and to and as that movie goes into a you know just kind of a pride and enjoyment as you support this is this is like i don't know if you mentioned this is a late 40s movie yeah this is this is a post-war italian movie but they're they're both very similar in just how these systems we have set up just just crush people with with one safety net with one you know one maybe it could just be one bad thing happens and all is lost yeah, uh, there's yeah. no and and what's what's crazy about this movie is uh, as I was watching it, he just gets just just absolutely he gets beat up so badly, <laughs> and they're kind of stuck in this hospital scene, and I and I I'm sure like you know uh, English audiences are watching it, be like, yeah, just stuck in that emergency room waiting forever to get service, and I and I was just thinking while I was watching it, it's like. It'd be the same thing in the United States, except you'd also have a fifteen thousand dollar bill afterwards too. Yeah, <laughs> right. So like, it'd be even worse if that happened to you here. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that too. How at uh, least like, well, at least they have care that will, you know doesn't dep- like that isn't one of the costs. It's time, which is a which is a cost, especially when you're you know when yeah. you're in a situation. But at least it's free to have your you know <laughs> to have your health looked at. Uh, the other movie that this does not have as much in common with but i do think is kind of a spiritual sibling is parasite okay explain well because parasite is people who have nothing and the system you know in parasite for anyone who isn't aware that the people make less scrupulous choices but i think anyone who watches parasite uh you know like you you don't think less of them for making those choices i think the lesson you know the thing about parasite is once again it's like it's the systems we have in place and once again like a you know a uh a supposedly uh developed country south korea produces these conditions where a family can just you know a, a one bad thing or a few bad things happen and in that movie obviously it's a lot more complicated than that and it's by the choices they make that are nefarious but it's still just you know that these these systems create impossible choices and that you can't really blame what they do well like the system is capitalism right exactly 
Like, I don't, like, I don't want to talk to the person who sees parasites like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. Why sure. they, yeah. why they do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and the other thing, that's what capitalism does: is it forces you to make horrible decisions every day, no matter yeah. how much money you have. You, you're, you're constantly making morally compromised decisions yeah. or if you're lucky <laughs> yeah if you're lucky you're doing thing you're you're making like choices as a consumer that you know are well we could come back to that yeah. later but and i mean parasite is much more darkly funny until suddenly it's not but <laughs> yeah right um, yeah yeah i see what you're saying i just I, I that makes sense i just wanted to sort of like hear that out a little more um but yeah no it's um the thing about Ken Loach that I didn't realize, and Joe, I, I'm sure you know more. Uh, I think you've seen uh, – this is the first Ken Loach movie I've seen. But uh, a rare example of a filmmaker who's made movies that actually resulted in actual social changes. It yes. doesn't happen much. Like, I think um, – I'm not sure what I, I, I should have wrote it down, but I know like Oliver Stone like, got them to declassify those things sooner because of what? JFK. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I thought like one of those movies, one of those kitchen sink movies he made, I think it was like a made for TV movie. I don't remember which one, um, but like resulted in, I think it was about homelessness or something and resulted in actual like laws being passed to like help these things. Like I just, yeah. as, as much as like, I love, movies it is incredibly rare to see a movie have an actual positive effect for social change i feel like that you can actually like pinpoint well there are also aren't that many filmmakers that are as involved in activism and politics as in loaches like he's a uh most most of the time been been a like a very involved in the labor party uh, he was kicked out a couple of years ago, but uh, I mean, I, I don't want to get into a whole thing about the Labor Party. <laughs> I can't even. I, there's nothing I can say to help on any of that. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, just he. He's. I I I think there are like some filmmakers who make political movies, but they aren't necessarily out there. Like I think a lot of the activists at the same time. I think a lot of the time it's more uh, documentaries will spur that like you'll mm-hmm. you'll hear laws or it's like oh um I, I feel like uh uh wasn't the the case into your girlfriend natalie wood just reopened because of uh i think there was, oh, was a, it I, I think there well i think there was something that after i it's gonna turn out i'm wrong but i i thought that after a certain amount of time they used really vague wording like uh what's his name robert wagner that's the guy right yeah um yeah, yeah. They said that he was not a person of interest, but not ruled out. And I feel like it was because of uh, a documentary or something. Okay. Yeah. I mean, also you have like um, uh, Thin Blue Line mm-hmm. uh, that actually got a guy like off of death row. Like there are examples. It's just. Um, you have to, you have to dig for It's quite for rare. It's, you, it's yeah. quite rare. So, I mean, it should be mentioned when it actually does happen. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Ken Loach, Joe, or. Uh, I mean, pop in one of his movies and you're probably not going to regret it. Um, I, I think probably the most, off the top of my head, maybe the most accessible one would be The Wind That Shakes the Barley. That's the one that uh, it seems the consensus is 
maybe is best. So that's on. Isn't there one about a kid and a falcon called Kess? Yes, that's. I think that's. That's certainly his breakthrough film and and maybe his masterpiece. But, um, just you know, your average Joe, you want to pop in a movie like the Wind of Shakespeare is is very sad, but I think it's about a historical moment that is just naturally interesting to everybody and um, and that is uh cillian murphy i believe there will be you know some performers you recognize in it and um it's uh it's it's a really good period piece and i think it it also its perspective on that moment in history i think is very fair um you know speaking as a yankee so obviously Mm -hmm. take my opinion with a grain of salt but from what i know about you know that struggle in ireland it's it's it seems it seemed very fair to me but uh okay you know, i am their own you can yell at me online and i probably won't even notice that's fine <laughs> um uh let's see oh i know i was gonna mention the movie i was gonna mention was kathy come home which she made in uh it's a t- actually a made for tv movie or it was put on bbc one in 1966 and uh, it was about homelessness and so the following year there was a publicity campaign and a charity was formed uh and then like another one also launched like uh at the same time and i don't know it just seems like there was like that movie came out and there was like a real awakening and public outcry of like homelessness Hmm. um so uh i think that's the one i was thinking of i don't know if there's actually any laws but there was you know people made note of what was happening and there was changes um well, okay, so let's 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 jump into the message of this movie, which we've kind of talked a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's essentially tricked. I, I don't. He's tricked. I mean, that's not an unfair way to say it, right? I mean, they're, you know, they're. It's they're the selling... same. It's it's the same as all these MLM scams. Yeah. Where... He's pre- he's presented with the perfect outcome that maybe one percent of people in that job achieve. Yeah. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe if you were 20 with no family and in perfect health and the all the, you know, the stars lined up right. Yeah. Maybe you'd you'd start your own business Uh, for the majority of people. Nope. No chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And so he he he, you know, is told like, well, you're an independent contractor. It's your job, your business, your flexibility. Obviously. As we've talked about in this movie, that is not the case at all. He has to find his own backup drivers if he can't make it. If anything goes wrong, it's on him to fix. If uh, he can't make it, he gets fined. Um, and if hoodlums beat the living hell out of him and smash yeah. his scanner, he owes a yeah. thousand pounds. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one thing after another. Yeah, and so th- this idea um that it's uh you know there is flexibility is not true at all no. so i mean the the independence is not his independence it's the independence of that company to help him in any way right that's the real side that has independence pdf the adobe acrobat company <laughs> yeah i forgot to mention i was thinking that too duff watching oh, it how is the name of the uh it's like parcels delivered fast pdf and i was like man i hate pdfs i know duff does too it's like oh (laughs) portable document files all right so uh, what is this uh, joe you have mentioned i'm guessing you put this here is prop 22 
I don't know about this. So, like, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, they're, they're all independent contractors. And so, basically, the same situation as this guy. Like, something terrible happens to you on the job, too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you drove for 60 hours that week. Do you get benefits? No. Like, it, it's these huge corporations' way of, of getting people to work tons of hours for them, but to not have to deal with offering any any kind of security to them right sure so it's easy to cut them loose that way you don't have to provide them with retirement or health care or anything like that like basically all of these like treats that we've gotten in the last you know 10 15 years they're all dependent on people having having cheap labor available so that these companies don't have to pay them very much don't have to offer them health insurance uh, don't have to offer them retirement because they're not actually employees of them. And as a wrestling fan, I think you could probably relate. You could probably I shouldn't say relate because you're not a wrestler. Not a wrestler. But you can under, you It's the same thing with the WWE, right? Yes, independent contractors. It's generally yeah, ge- yeah. It's, like do, it's, does does a WWE star have health insurance through WWE? Uh, no. Unless they that's uh, was part of their contract that they signed. Yeah, no, I know. So I mean, I think it's the same. Th- it's it's basically the same thing except at least they as independent contractors well that's that's probably the same thing right like someone signs the wwe no, it and takes- it's like oh, i'm gonna be the next radio orton i'm gonna make millions of dollars but like if you go into three matches and you don't get any heat or in your second match you tear your acl like vince mcmahon will just be like well sorry man see ya. Yeah, i think it's, it's i think if it happens thing. while you're performing it will they'll pay for it but if it happens when you're not then you then it won't be so I it's mean, like it, workers comp it in a seems, weird way. It seems a lot, again, similar to like, to like the NCAA, where on the face it was like, oh, we'll take care of you. And then they just do the bare minimum that they do to save face and not get sued. Right. Because and, if, you're and, an, if you're an independent contractor, you really have no legal recourse. And if you're a stud, like much like how, you know, if you're in the top 1% who can actually pull it off and do it, it works out fine for you. Like the best case scenario is incredible. Yeah. yeah, but most people aren't going to be uh, the Rock, right? They're not going to be that big of stars where they can negotiate, you know, whatever they want and have all the perks. So a few years ago, Prop Twenty Two and Cal. So Josh Androsky, I heard on a podcast uh, last week talking about this, about how people need to pay more attention to California because, like, most of the worst things that happen in our country actually start out in California. And, There's some wild laws in California. Yeah, and and so Prop 22 is one of them, where Uber and Lyft and maybe DoorDash and, and like those companies like put tons of money behind like a propaganda campaign to get Prop 22 passed, where it could just sort of enshrine the idea that the all these employees could be independent contractors, and they just flooded millions and millions of dollars in advertisements. Uh, uh, flooding their independent contractors with propaganda saying why prop 22 would be good for them and it's the same all tactics these companies as, it's the same these, tactics as union busting yes absolutely it, it, it basically is that and and it keeps it and it, it it passed which is just unbelievable and i know i know that similar laws i know have been proposed in other states but i, I would imagine you know like so many terrible things from california it eventually will go nationwide because like there is no there there's no that the the mainstream democrats aren't against this kind of thing either right that they're not really 
I don't think pro worker in any meaningful way. Because, no, I'm not saying all Democrats. It's because they're a lot of the them. average person is like seventy years old and doesn't know how to. <laughs> Especially use, California Democrats. Like doesn't right? know how to use. The yeah. California Democrats specialize in sending like senile eighty year olds to ruin our lives. Um, yeah. So. I think that I, it's just it's just unbelievable to me, but but that somehow they're still getting away with it. And these companies, despite being able to exploit workers this like this, still lose just millions upon millions of dollars. So you like kind of look at this this gig economy, which is you know basically a twenty tens twenty twenties thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's been years and years and years now where these companies don't make money. Their entire business model is built on exploitation of either, you know, the drivers of these companies or uh, or the drivers and restaurants in the case of like those delivery apps and stuff. Um, and it, it offers like the the pitch behind it is, OK, you're you, you don't get you know a pension or a 401k match or health insurance and stuff this is just something that you just dabble in on the side like you could get home and sadly like our our, you know from last week dolly parton lent her song to uh like i think it was a doordash or uber eats campaign which is such a shame but last week's episode was so fun i didn't want to bring up another another downer but this is (laughs) so depressing already we might as well throw it all into this episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the, the whole idea is like oh this is just people who want to drive for a couple extra hours on top of their day job like right. how many people like you've ever gotten into a lyft or an uber with were just like oh yeah i'm a, I work uh i'm a librarian but i just drive for an extra two hours every night like that doesn't describe many of the people that i've gotten in the car people with. buy right. people buy new cars specifically with the intent of oh i have to have a nice car if i'm a full-time uber like, I, I, I got a ride home in, to, from the airport once, and the guy said that his car turned off because his car is designed so that it cannot be running for more than 20 hours straight. We once got um, – this is years ago. My wife and I took, like, a, an Uber to, uh, like, a date night. You know, we got a babysitter, the whole thing. And we got picked up, and the driver had her young child in the front seat with her as she yeah. was, and and like obviously I'm not going to like complain to Uber or anyone about that, right? Like, yeah, but yeah. it's just like, oh my would. god, <laughs> I know that's a, a bummer. I know, right? And you're just like, oh man. I'm not saying they oh, should, but I'm saying a lot of people probably did that. A lot right? of people would, and it obviously I was just like five stars, good tip. But I yeah. was like, it was like, what a bummer of a way to start a date. We were like, oh man, yeah, that whatever situation is going on there tonight, it cannot be good if this is what ended up happening. This guy told me he had been driving for 28 hours straight. Oh my god! So first of all, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna die." On yeah, my way that's home. not safe. And yeah. So, which is selfish because the first person I thought of was me. But also, I, like, not, yeah, well, it's not safe for any of us in that car. It's not a but, not a irrational thought to have. Why? 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 Like, is that even like allowed? So, so I, the the whole and and they still pitch that job that way. Yeah. Like this is just something you could do to get a little extra cash on the side. No one's I, doing I, that. And it's not even cheaper than cabs anymore. Like, for a while, it was. And and where I live, it's it's always been – I've always had trouble getting a cab, especially the times that you need one because there just the weren't old, enough cab drivers. Oh, yeah. The big, the big benefit yeah. to it now is that it's easy. 
but it's no longer you know it, like you said like now like we it just cost mo- a fortune like we used to live uh, less than five miles from the airport and it would be like thirty dollars at like a non-peak time and i'm like what is what is happening here i thought this was supposed to be the cheaper alternative well, it's because I, they were they were just selling that service at a loss for a really long time, hoping right. that they could destroy the cabs, which in some cities they did. I barely ever see cabs. I mean, On the other hand, though, I, I agree with everything you say. On the other hand, exploiting workers isn't new, and the way they were being exploited isn't any isn't much different than how this movie showed those workers being exploited, where it was somewhat almost even worse be- for the drivers. Beforehand, well, like you're 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 paying a car, you're paying a cost. You have a boss depot who's yelling at you. You have to be there. You 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 know, like this movie, like that depot runs essentially how a cab depot runs. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Which I'm I'm just saying, like as much as from a from like a del- if you're delivering packages, yeah, that's it. You just kind of get a truck and it's loaded up, and then you follow your GPS. Yeah, well, I don't know that like no, no, no. cab I, driver to this guy's right. I think it might be, man. I don't think it is. I think it's UPS driver to this guy is what you compare it to, like a, a UPS driver who's part of, I believe, they're in the Teamsters. Yeah, right. Versus this that's guy. True. That's, yeah. that's who true. You compare it to. Yeah, that's that's the right point. But I, yeah, I, I'm. But I was saying, I was saying, like pre pre rideshare services, the yeah. way ca- way cabs run is also exploitive to the workers. Not nearly as bad as Uber and Lyft was. I, I mean, mean, it's it's one of those things where somehow bad somehow <laughs> a bad situation got worse. Like if you were a cab driver, that was you know it was not your first choice. Like, it was gatekeeped. Yeah, it was. I think that was the big pitch. It's like, oh, you don't need to go through some company now, blah blah. But the thing about the cab, in I mean, I don't know that much, but I know like. Yeah, in the, I don't. I don't know that we should be talking about the cab thing because I, I, I don't know that we're being totally accurate about that. So at least in in New York City, you, you need to pay, buy a medallion in New York City. You get the medallion, you. and then you have which is normally the companies have and then you get and then you pay i think it's 150 dollars a day to use their car like you lease the car per shift and then whatever you make over that you keep which is also a pretty awful system yeah i think the point yeah the point (laughs) but it also seems pretty easy to make over 150 bucks to work in an eight-hour shift in new york driving a cab but I, I think the point that I agree with is that the cab model was also exploitative. It was just yes. less because it's independent contractors. So I, I it's just, it, I but, mean, but it's, like I said, I don't really think like if we're if we're gonna focus on the movie, I, I, I know Uber and Lyft, I think, are a natural thing to pair with, with this because those are probably like if we're gonna lump this in with like gig economy things i mean this the pdf company is obviously an amazon standard yeah yeah absolutely yeah 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 yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah for and sure i i think that i i don't i no lies were detected from what i know about being an amazon driver versus like the way no it was i mean this movie all yeah. of this it seems like it was ripped from headlines about amazon especially like you know peeing in a bottle and all that <laughs> And and I guess like to to bring this into like a bigger picture thing is just like like why do we even need this? <laughs> so we can all get our toys and our treats in two days instead of like three or four. 
right? Like, we don't actually need any of this. But, like, that's, like, I guess, like, all... The, I've talked before about how our, our, especially in America, like, there's our, our sort of idea of things ever getting better or things improving in any meaningful way died a long time ago. Like, and the only thing that we have is that it becomes more and more convenient to buy toys and treats mm-hmm. like to be, be, be being a consumer just becomes a more and more convenient thing. But in all other aspects of life, everything sort of steadily like crumbles into dust and gets worse. And in order to, to like, sort of maintain this like treats and toys economy that we have like we depend on desperate people like this who are willing to drive a van around a city you know 14 to 16 hours a day so that this thing that you used to just stock up on by going to target or some other store every you know once a month like now like oh we need toilet paper just buy it on Amazon and we can get it in two days. If you live in a city or a suburb you can get it in two days. Sometimes I can get something overnight like, right. Yeah, like if like, you live so, in a city, you can still get stuff fast. I don't. I think like that Amazon Prime thing in rural areas like fell apart a while ago. But I don't know. But, but that, like, but like, do we, like? It's take a step back. Like, do we need that? <laughs> like, so, does it actually like? We certainly we, don't need it. We certainly like, like like if if all of a sudden it was like when you order stuff, you won't get it for a week. Would it matter at all? I think which is the, the way it was, you know, pre twenty ten or whatever. I think the yeah. other angle of it is it's not all just toys and treats now is that like for a lot of people like I mean there's a reason Amazon is trying to get into the pharmacy game mm-hmm. um, and yeah. also just for you know if you're a contractor or you buy things in bulk I mean Amazon set out to destroy all these companies and in a lot of ways it's succeeded so now it's made people you know dependent on you know, it's put the neighbor, the neighborhood hardware store out of business. And it's yeah. put the, even like things like Walmart or Target, like they might not build one or they'll keep it further away. So like to a certain extent, it's also for a certain, I would say a more blue collar uh, worker demo. Like if you need a bunch of stuff, it might, you know, you might have to use either Amazon or Home Depot or something like that because, like, well, I can get X amount of uh, wood or, you know, circuits or whatever for this cost. And, again, it's just this, like, the situation that capitalism and Amazon has set out to create and succeeded at. Well, the villains keep getting worse, which makes these steps to using them easier, right? So the the, the, the question isn't, it isn't it isn't to me amazon took out the local hardware store walmart did that first and now it's walmart versus amazon it's like it's, well it's like I'm not, ev- you know what i mean like, everything oh. everything in america is a monkey's paw wish come true where <laughs> yeah. where like, you're it, like it's like oh friggin you know uh, friggin best buy and uh target uh, i never have what i want uh, i wish there was a thing that just delivered to my door it's like oh monkey's paw curls up <laughs> yeah uh i wish cds didn't cost 16 dollars, and now your favorite band uh can't 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 stay together anymore because they don't make any money off their music yeah. you know uh yeah and 
and it all just like what what money gets spent just goes into fewer and fewer hands and and so like how do you just patreon.com slash the midnight boys yeah yeah give it to <laughs> us I guess, right? uh, but uh, it just, the it other just, thing it's like well like, it's so okay just like think about it like like it just looks this movie like really drives home like how bleak this is for so many people right and like what is it going to be in 2040 like there just seems no, like there's no real I, I shouldn't say that because I, th- I think like there is like a unionization push happening I will uh, give a, a in, in real tale stores I like it seems like there is like something happening I will dig you know deep into the cushion and find a, a kernel of optimism in that the last few years have seen some of the biggest uh, unionization in quite some time Um you have Starbucks and Amazon. Um, there's, I don't know if Apple went through, but yeah, just there's... a lot of, a lot of like retail and places like that. A lot of like on uh, service workers. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. a lot of journalism too. Like I think everyone yeah, watched just a uh, lot of digital journalism. Uh, I think everyone watched Univision come in and just destroy all these previously great sites like yep. Dead, Deadspin and The Onion and just, so I that's my kernel of optimism. I was going to say, and I've seen other people say this as well, that it's funny how all these villains like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, like they kind of put up this front of being like woke. And then the second people start to unionize, they just go full Bond villain and yeah. just, just drop any facade of giving a care about anything. Absolute yeah. monsters. Uh, yeah, which was fairly obvious. All well, especially like for both of them, extremely obvious right from the beginning that those guys are complete garbage. But I mean, but, they, they but yeah, they, I totally they, get what you mean. They, they like, stopped singing the song at all. I mean, yeah. it was never like in good faith, and anyone you sure know, anyone and they realize not... they don't need to because because America is the most bootlicking nation on the planet. Uh, like if you showed that like this to just go on Twitter and say something bad about elon musk and watches like or or just put this movie on it in in an average movie theater like like half the crowd would be cheering for that boss like like no you think so i well i i no i don't i don't think that i don't i don't think your average i i think probably 90 percent of average americans but i i what i will say is the united states has a higher percentage than i think a lot of other countries of people that would celebrate that like and, and and the way people celebrate people like bezos and uh elon musk it's just really disheartening and and i i think there is like a real like strange bootlicking attitude towards like management and bosses in this country and i don't know where that comes from i think like americans really think like well i need to celebrate people like that because that's going to be me in 10 years first of all no it won't (laughs) yeah and second of all repeat of number one no it won't Unless I mean, it's also it's 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 often men idolizing men too, right? Yeah, like the idea of like men idolizing a man who has a, a business that's successful, regardless or, or, of the or, story or like, of how it or, happened. Or like the the girl boss, like uh, like there's to- there's so many evil women in leadership positions too, and and like feminism gets weaponized against people who want to point out and I. Do not interpret this as an anti-feminist take. I don't mean that at all. I mean in bad faith 
feminism is employed to defend female business leaders who are just as evil. Like Sheryl Sandberg, who just yes, Sheryl Sandberg, who just like example of uses that. that whole lean in nonsense to justify working at Facebook. Yeah, and sure. and sure. I would I, not be remotely surprised if she is a senator from California within the next ten years. Like whenever Diane finds too young, accidentally give her, she's got to she's got to she's got to get twenty five years older first. <laughs> she has well, she has written a book, and she did just leave Facebook, so we'll see. I, I um, yeah, when, but no, they, I I don't when know. They finally like like have Diane Feinstein accidentally walk off a pier in San Francisco or something like that. <laughs> like she'll definitely replace her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from either. I just, do, do you I, got, I mean, am I off base here? It just seems no. like we have this strange worship well, of well, like it's boss culture. We, and it's we disgusting. Love, well, we love uh business more yes. than anything. Because and the American dream is you can be whatever you want. And so we look at the rich people and we say, oh, look it, they did it. They are the American dream. Regardless <laughs> yeah, of the story But they're all transparently so there. dumb. <laughs> and so mean and awful. It just, but like, they're it's rich. It's really just disheartening. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, people love rich people. Yeah, they do. Love them. And do you I, wanna... think, I think yeah. we talked about this long ago, but like that is the whole Trump fascination with boomers. Is they're like, look at him. He's rich. He must have it all. And it's like, well, he just inherited that, and he's a complete idiot, psychopath, racist. But, like, it doesn't matter. It's like, I mean, (laughs) look at, like, how Trump decorated his home when it's, like, all just fake gold and looks like what a 12-year-old's vision of a rich guy is. Like, that's that's America. Just a bunch of people like, oh, if I were rich, I'd just put everything in gold and I'd get three big trucks and whatnot. It's just, it's all child brains. Yeah. Um, now I feel like we there's one group we haven't criticized yet, but we need to. Okay, let's talk about cops. Okay, not there is one Spe- moment with a cop who gives a poor guy tries to give him a parking ticket when he's just trying to make a delivery. But fair enough. But what watching this, just thinking back to we're now what a week and a half or so removed from uh, police officers hiding in a hallway while a guy murdered a bunch of little kids. Well, by the yeah. time this comes out, there might be another one where that happens. Uh, yeah, or the story will have gotten even worse, uh, yeah. which yeah. I'm sure it will. I was just thinking while I was watching this, this the scene where he's he's piss, as he's pissing in a bottle because he doesn't have time for a bathroom break, he mm-hmm. gets his ass beat and robbed. And it reminded me of how much more dangerous it is to be a delivery driver in the United States than it is to be a cop. Are you saying we should arm them, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's the solution. You're right. <laughs> so that's actually why I brought this up. We need to arm our UPS drivers, our FedEx drivers, our Uber drivers. Uber drivers have a need gun to have guns. To Man, yep. if you're a, if you're an Uber driver, it would be smart to have a gun. <laughs> so this is absolute fact. You are more likely to be killed on the job as a delivery driver than as a police officer. Uh, police officer, as of a couple of years ago, was in the top 25 most dangerous jobs, but I think it was like 21 or 22. It wasn't in the top 10. I know that. It wasn't even it, in the top it, 20. Re- 
What is if it? What is it if you remove just dying of COVID because you never? Yeah, got well, vaccinated? this was pre the the study I read okay. was pre COVID. <laughs> yeah, now like you're idiot. Uh, well, to be clear, most senators are idiots, so don't take this personally, Duff. But your idiot senator did like a memorial for all the cops that died in the line of duty, and I believe seventy five percent or more of them died of COVID because those big, hogs won't get the shot. The leading <laughs> the leading cause of cop deaths last year was COVID. Yeah, but, yes. yeah. Morons. <laughs> I just, I, I was already like, I, I thought this movie was w- absolutely fantastic. I absolutely loved it, and then just that scene where he got robbed when it, when I was reminded of the fact that the guy who delivers pizza is more likely to die in the job than that guy who's like eating beef jerky in a squad car trying to see if someone runs a red light, but he probably won't actually do anything about them running a red light because it's work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. But 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 then when you walk around your neighborhood, you're probably going to see you know five Blue Lives Matter flags uh, to let everyone know that they're a fascist. Pizza drivers yeah. matter. We need to get flags for our pizza delivery drivers. They're the real heroes, and they're they're risking their lives more than a cop is. You're, I mean, what's crazy is you're, you're, you're he's, absolutely he's 100%, correct. He's 100%, I'm one hundred percent right. You are more likely to be carjacked. For one. Also, roofers in an, a, are another, even more dangerous. Our beloved roofers, we love them, don't we, folks? We need a also, roof. Also, though, you're missing an important point of this. These other professions you bring up, like pizza drivers and yep. roofers and stuff, they don't kill people. Nope, they That's don't. True. And <laughs> if they screw up on the job, they have to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. They just don't. They just don't get shuffled to a cushy desk job for five months and then come back. Like, can you imagine? Like, now I'm, I'm pushing this. Imagine you're a pizza driver, and God forbid, uh, you you run someone over, <laughs> yeah, and you kill them. Mm-hmm. And if the company was like, "Listen, we're big pizza here. <laughs> um, we're gonna take a look at this for now, though. Why don't you just stay home? Paid. And we'll pay you. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna pay Paid. you." Yeah. All your, your your the money you did the forty hours you were working we'll add tips on there too we'll make sure you get paid till we fi- till this blows over and, and then, then afterwards and like, then you we're come gonna back. have a grand jury convene and if at any point you utter the phrase well I thought I might not be running someone over comes out of your <laughs> mouth then you know you're good I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go even farther uh, pizza July drivers retiring when they're like fifty. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, oh yeah, my, the pizza guy from Domino's. Uh, yeah, he just bought a cottage. Uh, yeah, so he goes up there every weekend. Um, actually, since he retired at the age of forty-nine, uh, he's been spending a lot more time up there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Let the pizza guys work as security on their off hours for like a hundred dollars an hour. Yes, pizza. Yeah, they, for hundred dollars an hour, should be. Like waving traffic in at baseball stadiums, uh, getting yeah. those overtime checks. Absolutely, uh, the one they thing... probably understand how traffic works better than a cop does. Or oh. they could just work in the stadiums, to, like you know, behind the counter and convenience for a hundred dollars an hour, giving the pizza to people who buy it there. You know, they can just continue their pizza service. Uh, if you look at clearance rates around this country in our biggest cities, if you put your average Pizza Hut driver on a murder case, honestly, probably just as good of a chance of solving it. Like. Uh, this is this podcast is gonna get me fired. 
Yeah, cops don't solve crimes. Also, they just say, email me if anyone also, has video of what happened. <laughs> people people don't snitch to cops, but if you were like, if a pizza guy comes up and was like, hey, man, you know you know what happened to this crime? You might get something. <laughs> so the thing, the thing I was going to say tangentially related to the worship of cops and big business is uh, obviously uh, the cop worship really kicked into gear after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And the thing I miss is in movies is where cops were like either the villain or just kind of the incompetent force you yes. had to deal with. Someone like was I, tweeting about that a couple days ago. I, Maybe you saw the same thing I did. They well, used to I, just be fat, bumbling oafs. I, I thought of this because I was watching uh, Blade <laughs> the other night. <laughs> yeah. And in that movie, like okay. the, the cops aren't a big presence, but like the cops are someone's like, oh man, the cops are here. They're going to screw everything up. And I, you know, like I kind of missed that. Like I was thinking, you know, even in like, uh, Ghostbusters. Like initially, the cops are the bad guys. <laughs> like right. the cops show up and arrest the Ghostbusters. So I'm, I, we got away from that because of nine eleven. Like bring we need back, to go back, bring back the the like you said, like just the you know like the, I mean the like the diehard cops. Like except for uh, Reginald Vell, what's his name. Like, yeah. just bring back the incompetent cops who make things worse for comedic effect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Like, used, the status quo used to be that a, a precinct was full of bad apples, and then someone from another town who was the rare good apple would come in and fix... Like, like in the heat of the night moment. Or right? Like, where, where that entire small-town police department is filled with racist, lazy morons. Yeah. And then this one guy comes in and is like, ugh, or the I whole, guess I'll fix it for you. Or the whole notion of Serpico where one, yes. guy, one guy tries to fix things and then they shoot him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to go back. We <laughs> More bad cops in movies. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they suck, man. I don't, I don't... I can't even... Yeah, we gotta move on. This is already... I think we brought up good points though at the Pizza Hut, the pizza delivery drivers first cops. Thing. Those yeah, are incredibly valid and uh, absolutely damning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, t- I'll I'll just close with this. I don't think I've ever been happy during or after an interaction with a police officer, but I'll tell you what, I'm happy every time the pizza delivery driver gets. I here. mean, yeah, man. A a pizza delivery driver has helped me before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, right. uh okay. Our last message about this movie, uh, if you're able to, tip your drivers well, people. Yeah, at least that can help mitigate always just tip, the hell man. world. That, that, just that tip. Um, Let's talk about work sucks stories. Okay. Do you want? Um, uh, I, I who started last time? I don't remember. I don't know. Why don't you get started, All Joe? Right. I just wanted to. I was thinking about this a little bit. The, the just kind of the the movie isn't strictly related to this, but it kind of got me going from topic to topic until i got here and it made me think about something that really sucks where i work and and i'm going to paraphrase uh the great president ronald reagan oh boy and he uh i'm gonna say he he said the nine most terrifying words in the english language i'll i'm i say he's wrong the 10 most terrifying words in the english language are i'm from the private sector and i'm here to help Mm. because as someone who works in the public sector I the private sector is batting zero percent and providing me with any help 
any any time a consultant from a textbook company, a tech company, anything involved in the private sector, literally batting zero percent, awful, terrible, and this entire like what now forty year, forty plus year fantasy that starting didn't start with Reagan, but he's certainly like the one that popularized it, like that the private sector and we need to run the government more like a business. I'll tell you what, buddy, I work in the public sector. I have to interact with the private sector from time to time. Uh, the public sector certainly has its faults. Boy, bring a private company in to try to help us out in any way. Disaster every single time. Uh, all ACAB guys, all consultants are bastards. <laughs> With, with with the caveat that I really want to be a consultant because it is the oh, yeah. sweetest well, gig in the world. Yeah, because you gig, don't, yeah. you do not have to produce results. You do not have to work, here, and you will make at least two or three times what we're making. Here, here is the the mind bender. Who is more useless, a cop or a consultant? Oh, a, a cop. Once again, <sighs> consultants don't kill people. Well, <laughs> this is the. I mean, make me want to kill myself, though. I mean, the Rand Corporation killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, McKinsey probably did too. Absolutely uh, did. Point, good point, good point. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still going with that because consultants, like, listen, if you have a friend who became a consultant, you would be like, listen, you're grifting, and I respect it. <laughs> Right, you're yeah. you're making more money doing what you would do otherwise, but now you do it for a little bit at places, and then you say, "Okay, I'm gonna, that's, all right, bye," it, and then you go somewhere else, and you you're a flimflam man. Yeah, you're a flimflam man, and and in some cases, I'm and great. I'm you. fine with that. It, but when you're taking public dollars in your uh, flimflam operation, yeah. that that's what makes me mad. Well, if you're if like Apple like hired you as like a diversity consultant. And you're going to come in and give an eight-hour speech that will solve nothing, that will fix nothing, it and checks you're going to get paid. But listen, that's the public. But but that's I, I agree with you. But that like, it's not the consult. It's listen. It's not the hole's fault that people keep falling into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um. <sighs> the hole's just doing what it does. It's being a hole in there. <laughs> but people keep jumping in it uh, sorry i don't know that's their fault yeah fool me once well i feel well, like it, it, I feel it's like... because there's only one class of people that get fooled by them you know what that class is what bosses bosses yeah, yeah. all boss no it doesn't work because I... your boss your boss will tell their boss like oh I'm, I'm bringing in this group to uh look at our spreadsheet apparatus i don't know i tried to think of a business thing uh... that's probably not real um, they're gonna I, they're gonna come in and take a look at our web operations to see if we can streamline it a little bit. Yeah, does yeah. that sound real? Oh, that's sure. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We God, we've had IT consultants. We've had there are consultants for park development. There's there's any type of consultant and any yeah. any time I hear oh we got an outside consultant, I'm like oh threw some money away, huh? Right. And yeah. but just giving it to me. But the and this is what I think it is. I do think there's something to the bosses get fooled. I think like the middle managers often get fooled, but the people at the top know that this checks a box that absolves them because they 
They want to do something. Yep. We, right. Well, so we had they, this group come in and they looked at our operations and they uh, they pointed out these it, two or three improvement points and we're gonna we're gonna take care right. of that in the next quarter. Yeah. Okay. So this I was gonna tell a different story, but I, this segues into a different work suck story for me. Mm-hmm. You are right. The top level easily tricked. Okay. So when I uh, was early in my in my career in the web stuff, I worked at a company and. Uh, we're like we're gonna we're looking at redoing our website. Cool, we sh- you should do it from time to time, you know. And they wanted a different yeah. uh, uh, end, different content management system for it. Fine, this would have been in like um, boy, two thousand late boy, aughts. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, late aughts sounds fun. Yeah, like two thousand six, two thousand eight, two thousand eight probably. Uh, and uh, and I was like, hey. <clears throat> Instead of us paying a whole bunch of money for some enterprise level system, which uh, I don't want to get into details, but Duff SharePoint, uh, <laughs> I was like, "What if we used an open source solution, which is WordPress at the time?" I was like, "It would be free. I know how to do it. We don't need to do training. I can make it do anything this other system does. It's more flexible." And you go back to like. The bosses, they get easily tricked. That's not that's a hard sell, especially in 2008, to be like, hey, we have this free thing that we don't have to pay for that we're going to build our new website on. And they're like, no. It's easier to be like, we're going with the one that's owned by Microsoft. Yep. <laughs> it's owned by Microsoft. It's going to be fine. Uh, you know, it's going to cost this amount of money, but it's Microsoft. It's, it's fine. It's going to be great. And uh, I fought, I was young, probably didn't have the most tact. I fought real hard against it. And I was like, we shouldn't do that. We should do this. And I kept arguing with the boss about this. And he did this thing, which I knew he was doing it at the time, and I was so mad about it. He just gave me, he's like, why don't you uh, compare, and why don't you compare and contrast these different solutions uh, uh, and write up a report on the whole thing. Let's have a meeting about it. And then <laughs> present that report. And I knew it. I knew he was just doing it to, like, give me something to do for a few weeks to stop bo- bothering him. And, yeah. yeah, buy some time. And I did it, and I wrote up the report. I'm certain he didn't read it. I'm certain it never got showed to anyone. Yep. Um, so I left and found a new job, which was better, and got paid more. Uh, and... Uh, their website sucked that they built afterwards. And uh, the other thing I was going to bring on this is at the same time, this is why I remember when it happened. At the same time, uh, this is for the, uh, for the fans of the pigskin out there. <laughs> uh, the, uh, this is when uh, Brett Favre was being traded from the Packers and Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback. <laughs> and at the same time that I'm fighting him on this open source thing versus the paying a bunch of money for the old, th- like the old, you know, fossil company that wants us to build their terrible, um, under terrible enterprise solution. Uh, that, Cause he read about it in like, I don't know, some magazine or something. Uh, I was also arguing about like Aaron Rodgers is going, to, is the right solution for the Packers. They shouldn't go to Brett Favre. And he would fight me on that too. And at the same time, these like parallel arguments would happen. And it feels good that I was right on both cases guys. <laughs> so um, it's a victory. God. But not there. I laugh. I literally, you know, end up being a victory too because I left. But uh, the same thing though. Like you, 
it's, it doesn't matter what is the best idea. It matters what is the best thing to sell to the board or to leadership. It matters what fits the paradigm. And that is where consultants come in. Because you're like, well, we paid this person. They told us and we did it and it's the best. Yep. See? And, but then Hands it's like, oh, but then if it goes wrong, it's like, oh, that consultant misled us. Yeah. Drat. Drat that. Yeah. <laughs> Drat. We won't be, we won't go through that consulting firm again. Except we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Duff, what's your story? Running I don't, I don't know if I have a good, like, I'm just, I was trying to relate this to like uh, all my just terrible years of, I mean, not, I guess it was like two or three, but uh, I, I feel like it's not as bad, but to a certain extent, uh, temping is kind of the first gig economy mm. because internships too, right? Uh, Unpaid. Usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I did that too. Uh, that mm-hmm. was when I wor- worked at the all eighties radio station in the Twin That's Cities. That's a perfect example, right? I mean, you, you, it's like, well, you can get experience, and we get a free person yep. to do things. For uh, us. Most of what I did, I guess this counts as a story, but like most of what I did was data entry. Uh, but then I would also have to make phone calls for people who won prizes. And I remember once it was like we were doing this like uh, brides' night out, Cindy Lopper fun night or something, whatever. <laughs> and like I had to call this woman like hey you and your girlfriends want a bride's night out or a bachelorette party for the cindy Lauper concert and you get to go to this and i had to take down like, i'm like i need the names and some other info of all your all these people in your party and i would do stuff like that i would be like i would have to go and sit at a table when it's like a verizon store was opening and you know how like radio stations i don't know if they do it anymore but they'd go there just yeah. be like listen to cool 108 here's a here's a koozie and blah 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 and just junk like that so yeah that was the the experience a lot of real world experience there thanks <laughs> uh, well i mean those ladies you're calling those are they just girls girls just wanted to have fun though. yeah What's uh, so the but yeah. the thing about temping is it is soul crushing guys it is yep. it is awful uh i don't think it's as bad as service level work but it's if you it's like it's kind of the same thing where it's like if you're really trying to get ahead i think a lot of people temp because it will pay a little better but it's like you go like you're you first of all uh you might get caught in a lie if you say it's like oh yeah i know this software and then they test you on it's like oh crap <laughs> and <then> just, <laughs> uh, but yeah then it's like you'll get a call and it's like uh and i was signed up with a few companies but it's like they just call you up it's like hey uh someone shattered their femur and we need someone to do data entry for two weeks or something and do what they tell you why like someone sometimes listens. sometimes oh they'll God. be like like one time i know it's like yeah someone's going out in maternity leave i'm like are you supposed to tell me that uh yeah but it was like uh and like they'll pitch it's like um do you want to go work? I mean, I think I talked about how I worked at the the air conditioner parts yeah. factory. Not, I mean, I wasn't in the factory, but I was in like the, yeah, the onlyfans.com, the cube <laughs> farm. Uh, yeah. But like, I remembered once they're like, it's like, well, we have an opportunity. You could be uh, a phone caller for the customer service at uh, uh, what's the, the bed select comfort beds like those beds where like you push the button that go up and down okay and like they'll just call you with like (laughs) the most depressing sounding jobs like it would be three months and it would pay twelve dollars an hour i'm like uh 
Let me think about it. Uh, yeah. I think I think I think uh, unpaid internships like a really good like, like a perfect. I mean, unpaid internships are basically slave labor. It is, I think, yeah. one of the worst things this country does is yeah. unpaid internships. I agree because oh, I mean, you're, you get paid an experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, an opportunity. An opportunity. Uh, next week, Joe. Is the work still suck next week, dude? It sucks so bad. I just want to quit. <laughs> Uh huh. So what are we gonna talk about? Bringing out the dead. Let's talk about <laughs> game bur- let's talk about burnout. Uh, it's, it's yeah, and 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 um right? and a chance to go back and say hi to Nick Cage again. Have we done yeah. a John Goodman movie yet? Uh, we did Arachnophobia. Yes. Oh, that's yes, right. Okay, we did remember because I always said I get John Goodman and John Candy. <laughs> All time awful. It's so take. weird. They're both big boys. That's true. Yeah, named John, man. How many? How many big boys named John can you have in your head? I bet uh, in America, well, I there's in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, in, in a America, Catholic there's city. So a lot, actually. <laughs> but yes, uh, fair I almost point. googled big men named John, and I decided I'm not mm, going to. But that was a mistake. Uh, yeah, <laughs> John Jaha. There, there's for my older Brewer fan. Uh, there we go. Listeners. John Jaha. John he Kruk. was kind of big. We finished the right we missed you. We're gonna talk about bringing out the dead. Work sucks. We're gonna keep trudging through it. Yeah, I mean, At- we're gonna go from a man who's just totally and utterly immiserated by the 21st century economy, and we're gonna uh, go from that to the uplifting story of a paramedic. <laughs>